0: Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. Now my watch is broken, too. <laughs> With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools.
3: I stole all my lines. Uh, look, don't
0: worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give up a show. Tonight, 8, 7 Central, on CBS.
3: Bailey back with you on sports radio FNZ coming up in 40 minutes. We'll check in with Wilson and Parcell. They're taking the mic in about an hour. So we'll get to all that plus more on the Panthers as Matt rule got to the media a little early today. Uh, Speaking with the media right now, we'll give you a recap of that coming up in about 20 minutes. But right now we go out to the Technicom hotline and we welcome back good friend of the show head football coach of the Charlotte 49ers. He is back with us on the Technicom hotline. Will Healy back in the clubhouse coach. What's up, man? How are you? Kyle, how's it going? Excellent, excellent. Things are good, man. They're really good. I'm uh, feeling good on a Monday, and uh, it looks more and more like uh, we're going to give this college football thing a shot this fall. Is that the feeling you get?
1: Yeah. Um, You know, I I think that it's going to be interesting what happens when students start coming back on campus. To me, that's probably one of the biggest fears um, that you see going on around the country. Um, But I, I think as far as you know, protocols and all that type of stuff each and every week. It seems that we're adding something new, um, in a good way, you know, more testing and, and, uh, obviously more testing for, for heart conditions. And as new, you know, uh, new research comes out. So I, I think we're making big strides. Uh, we're getting closer and closer. Every day feels a little bit more normal. Uh, especially when you put the pads on. And I think we're, uh, we're, we're getting there.
3: Well, look, I I would agree with you. Look, I don't want to go like full bookkeeper and and go line item through your budget here, but how taxing is it to to test the way that is being required to test to pull off a football season?
1: I mean, I think it's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, Um, You know, and and I think that um, it's, you know, it's going to be, if you go from one test to three tests a week, which is what our conference is talking about, Um, obviously, as they have this new saliva test that is going to come out that may be a little less pricey, it it may help. Uh, I think the biggest thing with that would be how reliable is it? You know, um, are we going to have some false positives like we've had with the other tests? um, You know, but I I think testing three times a week will help with that. Uh, But it's going to get pricey. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But you don't have a choice. uh, I mean, you've got to make sure – not just what we're doing, but teams that we're competing against uh, are, are doing things to make sure that the guys are put on the field are healthy enough to go do it. And I, I think, as we talked to our leadership council and our football team, that was the thing that came up. You know, I know we feel really good about our protocol, but how do we feel about the protocol of others? And it's one of the things that coaches, I think, have been asking for for a long time: is can we get some stability? Can we know that people across the country are we're all testing the same way? We're all taking the proper protocol uh, so that we don't go put our guys out there at jeopardy and at risk when we're playing a team that may be from a hot spot or um, you know may maybe they haven't tested uh, the way that we have. So I think that's why some of the Liberty comments have come up. Uh, I, you know, I, that's one of the things we heard early on was when we do play a Power Five school, are we going to be able to test like they test mm-hmm. because they're not going to play us if we don't? And Mike Hill has been a- very adamant about. Uh, we're going to do it that way. We're going to do it that way because we believe that's the best way we can keep our players healthy and it gives us an opportunity to play some of those big games that we have on our schedule.
3: Will Healy, head football coach, Charlotte 49ers, he's with us on the Technicom guest line. Speaking of your schedule, I love this App State game, coach. I mean, I, I, I'm i not going to tell anybody else how to schedule, but I'd love to see this play, this thing played year in, year out. How did that come together?
1: Well, I I, I do. I, I've got a really good relationship with Sean and and I think but we've talked before. I think he's a great fit, a great hire. He'll do an unbelievable job. I, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't take a brainiac to understand how much further along they are in their program than where we are. And so we've still got a lot of catching up to do. Um, they got a really, really good team coming back. Probably, if you looked at it from top to bottom, he is more talented than the roster they had a year ago. Um, and, and so Sean and I talked. I know, uh, their AD, Doug and, and, Mike Hill are, are good buddies and, and we were able to work it out. Uh, you know, we talked about trying to play that game September 5th at Bank of America, but when we got extended, uh, in phase two, we couldn't do that. So, um, you know, we felt like our best chance of having fans and, and, uh, and having this game would be at their place on September 12th and, it is a great game. It's a great game for our fan base. It's a great game for our players. I know his guys are excited about it. We have talked a lot about it. Um, it's a it's a program that I've got so much respect for. Um, there is no question the history and the tradition of that program, and I know they got a really good team coming back. So. We're starting out hot, coming out of the gates. We'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, I, well, see, I love this, though, because you, you make that game happen, and it makes all the sense in the world, and if the schedule holds, you go to Chapel Hill, and you face Mac Brown and company the following week. Similar type of question, you know, how that one came together, but more specifically, is, is this where college football is not, not going to, but maybe going back to, Coach? Because I, I think these are the kind of games that we've gotten away from in college football, and we need to get back to.
1: Well, the crazy thing about it is, and, and you and I talked about it, I mean, we're still scheduling, scheduling games right now in the middle of August. And, and we just scheduled the second game. The return trip for apps coming here is 2030. I mean, think about that. I told Mike the other day when he said 2030, I was like, you will have fired me long before we get to 2030. I mean, and, and we're talking about scheduling games less than a month from now. So it can be done. And it's actually been a lot of fun, uh, you know, a, a lot of credit to our administration, Chris Thomason and Mike Hill, and, uh, for for having good enough connections with guys in our state that we can call North Carolina. We can make it happen with Duke, and we can get an app state on the schedule. So um, it's it's been fun for me. Uh, obviously, I've got a great, great relationship with Sean Clark, and uh, David Cutcliffe's been a mentor of mine for a long time, and, and Mac Brown is, is my go-to. So, um, you know, administration's talking, coaches talking, and, and – Uh, I I think any time we can play teams in-state, it does a lot for our fan base. Uh, I think it shows off the quality of athletes that are in the state of North Carolina. and uh, You should get some some regional and national attention, especially when you're talking about opening up with App, who I would argue is definitely a top-25 team, uh, and then a top-20 team in in North Carolina. That's a uh, uh, we got uh, an, an NFC schedule. I don't think there's any doubt about it.
3: <laughs> I know you haven't had that much time with your team yet, but uh, what, have you, what are you learning about these guys?
1: Well, I just think that every day we get into it, they're more and more at peace. And, and they kind of take a deep breath and say, all right, this has happened. Um, you know, I, I think that our depth from top to bottom is a lot better than it was a year ago. We've talked about the productivity we lost, so... We got to find some guys to fill some big shoes, um, but I, I really—and every coach in the country is going to tell you this—but I'm loving being a part of this team. And uh, got really good leadership. We got a really good group of guys that are uh, committed to each other and have gone through a lot together. And um, you know, we want to go places we've never been, and to do that, I told them today we got to do things we've never done. And so I think how they've handled their business uh, the last 10 days and really the last five months has been exceptional. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, having a chance to see this team play in, uh, on, on September the 12th.
3: I, I know you can't, uh, spill the tea and I wouldn't ask you to, to talk out of school here, but I mean, when you talk to other coaches around college football right now about what's happening, about how to handle all of this, what, what are you talking about? What's the best advice you've gotten?
1: Well, what's the temperament of your team? What are you telling your team? um, you know, what are some concerns that your guys have had that I probably need to address? I think Mac Brown has been great um, you know, with hey, here's how I'm communicating with parents. Um, this is you know, I've gotten the doctors on the phone and made sure that our parents understand our protocol and really an open forum to ask questions. So we're gonna do that with our our parents on Wednesday of this week. Uh, I've already had some conversations with them, but I think getting our doctors on the phone is is extremely important where everybody. Understands that we're going to take all the measures needed to keep these guys safe. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot from what's happened across the country, whether I've talked to other coaches or not. You know, where have the issues come up? The issues have come up when the players don't feel like they're communicated with well enough. Uh, You know, uh, hey, you get a positive test. What's the protocol there? Uh, You know, ours has been uh, if we have a guy test positive, I think our players need to know about it and they're going out there and they're going to practice and they need to know who tested positive also from a contact tracing perspective you know I don't know what they do when they leave here so if they were around this person more than we were able to see them I need to know about that too hey has anybody been around this guy more than what we've seen and you feel like you need to be quarantined for the next 14 days? and it's not you know I'm not mad at you I just I really want to know and I want to know what makes you feel comfortable and, and what puts you at peace. So communicating, I think, positive tests is important. Communicating protocols is important. Why are we doing what we're doing? Um, and then making sure, I mean, there's a bunch of articles that have come out about the mental health of these guys. Um, and that's the scariest part about all of it to me um, is are we doing what we need to do in-house Do we have the resources around these these guys that they need uh, to make sure they're in a good mental space and and that when they go out there on the practice, they're able to take a deep breath and, and be at peace with who they are, what they're doing and, and what we're doing to help them. And, uh, you know, I, I saw a study the other day on uh, football. She posted it saying one out of every four 18 to 24 year old young men have contemplated suicide in the last five months. Mm-hmm. That's scary, man. Yep. I mean, that is, That that's terrifying to me, and so uh, we talk a lot about that. We obviously, from a culture perspective, talk a ton about uh, what's important to us and how we're going to live our daily lives. And um, you know, I've gotten some really good insight from coaches around the country and, and what they're doing, and then how does that fit with what we do?
3: Speaking of other coaches, I'll let you go on this talk to me about matt rule and the reason i ask you is because i know you've spent a little bit of time with matt but i also think that a part of this fan base is is sending some unfair treatment in this guy's direction i've been a matt rule fan for a long time for a lot of reasons and i i'll get into it in the next segment but i'm curious what your perspective is on matt rule with the time you've spent with him
1: i mean i i think he's a genius i mean i i I think he's a really good person um you know, one of the things that stinks about what's going on right now is is that's a resource that we have right in our backyard that has opened the door. Whether it was with Rivera or, or now with Matt Rule, um, that we can go down and spend some time with and learn from. And and uh, you know, we 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 don't want to put them in that situation because I know what it's like having guests here right now. I mean, it, it's it's not working out. But I, I what he did at Temple and what he did at Baylor, which I would argue with you, Baylor was the biggest. Debacle in college football when he took it over, uh, from a culture standpoint and from a wins and losses standpoint. Uh, he's consistent. Uh, he, I, I think they're going to be physically tough. I think, but he also understands the, uh, the GPS and the, and the tracking systems, uh, and is able to sell it as, hey, I'm going to extend your career too. Uh, I'm going to take care of your body better than other people. I'm going to invest more in, in the technology that's around this game more than other people and you know i I think he's a stud i think he's really good he'll you know it may take time i don't know what his roster looks like but uh, i know he's got pieces and i i think you'll see consistency i don't think you're going to see you know a a 12 win team and then a four win team uh he's going to build an organization that lasts and he's going to do it the right way i think he's got a tremendous personality. He's a, he's one of the best public speakers I've ever heard. Um, and I think he would tell you the same thing. He's going to learn. You know, he's going to live and learn, and he's going to make mistakes in his first year. But, um, you know, it, it's like me here a year ago. Anytime it's your first season, uh, your first NFL job, there's a little bit of a learning curve. But I think he's got really good people around him, and he'll build it the right way. I'm fired up about him. I really am. I think he's he's a stud.
3: I'm right there with you. Coach, good to hear your voice, buddy. Glad you're doing well. Have a great week of practice. We'll talk to you next Monday.
1: Thanks, Carl. Have a good day.
3: There you go, buddy. Will Healy, head football coach. Charlotte 49ers with us there on the Technicom hotline. And I'm glad he said what he said about Coach Matt Rule because I opened up the show talking about this. And I want to come back to it on the other side because on top of... Players saying what they've said about Matt Rule, what Matt Rule had to say yesterday about connecting with pros versus college guys, something else just came out minutes ago that further underscores why Matt Rule is a guy you should probably like at least a little bit. I'll tell you next. You're in the Clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ.
0: Radio FNZ Live from Charlotte every weekday and now heard around the world on the Radio.com app. It's Wilson and Parcell. This is Sports Radio FNZ.
2: There's going to be a great year. So much speed in our room. So much speed. You know, you got guys that can just blaze by you. You know, that that's a threat. And, you know, that's something that we have to our advantage. You know, a lot when we line up against other teams, against defenses, you know, they know they got to get running, you know, so we could do so many things with so many guys in our room. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to be where I'm at.
3: Panthers wide receiver Curtis Samuel there speaking to the media. They got a bunch of speed in that wide receiver room. That's what he's telling you, and I agree with that 100%. Welcome back, Sports Radio FNZ. Kyle Bailey here with you in the clubhouse for another thirty minutes or so. Wilson and Parcell dip their head in. In about thirty minutes, we'll get you set for that show coming up at two. We'll catch you up on the rewind and a bunch more to get to. But I want you to play this or to hear this. Matt Rule, yesterday at practice, the Panthers' first open practice of the preseason, speaking to the media, was asked a bunch of questions, but was asked specifically about coming from college to the pros and connecting with professional players. Uh, versus college players,
0: it's way just way easier. Um, you know, every guy that's here is here because he's been excellent at what he does. Um, you know, he knows what it takes to be a pro. You know, we're of the same age. You know, my age. <laughs> Obviously, I'm 20 years older. Don't get me wrong. But we have, you know, you know, there's just a different, you know, thing. When you're dealing with college kids, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing. But you know, you're taking them right after they move out of the home. Right, they have all different distractions in school and stuff. And so it's just a, it's, a, it's a different process. You know, this is, you know, I I talk about my kids with guys who have kids. (laughs) I mean, I mean, um, they love the game. The game treats them well. They want to extend their career. I love the game. The game's treated me well. I want to extend my career. So we're so common. uh, There's so many commonalities between the players and coaches. I just try to always reduce it down to people. You know, just, hey, we're all people. We all have the same hopes, dreams, fears. Uh, Keep it about that.
3: I thought it was interesting. I heard that for the first time this morning on the back attack. And I, I, I think the logic there is extremely simple, but also very pa- powerful. Like he said, I talked to these guys about my kids because I have kids. These are grown men. They're not college kids anymore. They're not leaving their homes for the first time. I like that. And then a couple of minutes ago, uh, Matt Rule again speaking to the media about 25 minutes ago, uh, was, uh, it, was, it was found out by the media that Matt Rule gave the day off to pretty much everybody on the team that had kids for the first day of school. Uh, specifically the first quote that I saw was from Jonathan Alexander, uh, who specified that it was KK short and Mike Davis, but our buddy, Josh Klein, a riot report, managing editor tweeted a couple of minutes ago, quote, Matt rule gave every Panthers player or coach who had a kid with their first day of school today, the morning off end quote. And he went on to say uh, quote, Matt rule said, quote, I think being a father is the most important thing that I am. And our players are end quote. Now I'm not, i trying to elevate Matt rule to sainthood here. Okay. He's far from the first person to give an employee the the day off to spend with their kids. For some reason, all I'm saying is with with what you heard there a minute ago, and I'm speaking more to the crowd that still either intensely dislikes Matt rule or is convinced that he's going to fail. Why? Because to me, the two most component, the, the two most important components, you know, to being a football coach at that level, there's a lot that goes into it. Can you teach the game? Can you develop players? Can you teach the game? He has proven that he can at Baylor and Temple. I don't, want, I don't want to hear about college, okay, because teaching football is teaching football. The best offensive and defensive minds will, will tell you that there are certain differences between college and pro and high school and college. No one is debating that. But fundamentally, football is not it, it's, it's not advanced physics, okay? Can you teach the game or can't you? If you can teach it the way he taught it at Baylor and Temple, he can teach football the same way at the next level. Teaching football is teaching football, okay? But then can he command the room? Can he command the room and have a presence about him as a head coach that makes grown men in that locker room respect him in a way that college kids didn't really have much of a choice? You know, it's more of a dictatorship in, in college as a head coach. You're more like the president when you're an NFL head coach. You have power, but it's it's more limited. So Matt Rule is you, you hear glowing reviews from the likes of Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Taylor Moten, Russell Okung. These guys are telling you they not not just they like the guy, they respect the way that he handles them. They respect the way that he treats them as grown men. You know, little things like that. Telling every player and coach on your roster, hey, if you have a kid starting school tomorrow, take the morning off, take your kid to school. That's awesome. That's good stuff. That's the kind of thing that matters and the kind of thing that resonates with players in that locker room. Because these are grown men with families and children and investments and homes and, you know, an interest beyond football. And so for Matt Rule to do that, it helps build positive equity in that locker room. It helps build trust in that locker room, right? Again, not nominating the guy for sainthood. I'm just telling you, these are the kind of things that will resonate in that locker room with those players. And maybe this isn't the the, the locker room that, you know, really chases a Lombardi trophy, but it matters to them. And those players that won't be around next year, will take that with them to other locker rooms. The other conversations they have with agents and GMs and other players across the league. This is a guy you want to play for. This is a guy who gets it. He treats you with respect. You know, he gave us the day off to take our kids to school on the first day of school. That's the kind of stuff that people remember. That's the sort of thing that makes a guy want to play for Matt Rule. I love that about him. So all I'm saying is, if you're one of those... You know, that, that still is very skeptical of Matt Rule. Look, if it's for football reasons, fine. We can debate football reasons all day long. What I see, though, is a lot of pettiness and a lot of resentment and lingering anger about the fact that your favorite player no longer plays in black and blue. Feel the way you want to feel, but don't pin that on Matt Rule. Most of these decisions were made by David Tepper and Marty Herney, to an extent. I'm not saying Matt Rule has no hand in it, but I'm saying ultimately he's the football coach, right? The Cam Newton decision was made based on a variety of factors, not Matt Rule saying, I don't want that guy. It wasn't Matt Rule saying, I don't want that guy. Okay, I told you a couple of months ago, after Cam was released, I spoke to the front office. They were open to bringing him back, but not after they were told what they would have to do to bring him back. You You can disagree with that, but that was their decision, a business decision. Cam Newton is far from the only victim of a business decision in the history of the NFL. It just so happens it stings more because he's the greatest superstar to ever play for this franchise, and it's not exactly a super long list. relative to some older, more established franchises. So it stings. It hurts. People didn't like it. But that should not be used as a referendum on Matt Rule. We'll see how good he is as a coach. I think he's off to a really solid start with this organization. Speaking of this organization, Taylor Moten, right tackle. We spoke to Marty Herney a couple of months ago on this show about whether or not they were going to make it a priority to get this guy under contract, to get him an extension after a couple of years of pretty good football. Well, Taylor Moten was asked yesterday about said extension, about getting a deal done to stay with the Panthers.
4: Yeah, I have, I have a lot of trust in my agent, and me jumping into that is, to me, is like I don't trust what he's doing. I know that I'm, I'm 100% focused on football being the best, you know, Taylor Moten offensive tackle I can be. And, you know, I'm in camp, and that's that I'm worried about right now, day in and day out, the process of football. You know, and I've been told and I my whole life grinding and saying that I do what I'm supposed to do. You know, I focus on taking things one day at a time and all the other and everything else will fall into place. You know, that's part of trust in the process. And, you know, I'm, I, I'd like to think I'm a very process oriented person. So that's all I'm focusing on is the next day and focusing on football right now.
3: Smoke, what, what was your reaction? When, when I brought up Taylor Moten about five minutes ago. Just pay him. What are you waiting on? What's the snag here? I want to know. I mean, didn't it seem to you a couple of months ago like Marty was clear about making that a priority for this organization? And I'm not saying they haven't tried because I haven't been in these rooms. I just would have expected it to be done by now.
4: He is the only offensive lineman that I can feel comfortable with right now and has been consistent throughout the last two years. You drafted a second round pick for him, so he's a pretty high capital and Let's face it, he's really been the only one that you, like I said, feel comfortable with and the only one that's been consistent and feels good. Like, he's good. Like, every people that follow the NFL on a pretty consistent basis are like, yeah, he's good. You can't say that about everyone else. Unless Matt Paradis gets back to his old ways, he's the only one that you're feeling good about. And you need stability on the offensive line. You look back at the 2015 Panthers season. As average as some of those offensive linemen were for the Carolina Panthers, at the end of the day – they all played every single game. Stability matters, and you need to keep someone like that on in their locker room and let, let them run away to somewhere else because it'll be a big mistake if that happens. And let's face it, he could be a leader of the locker room, and we've seen already like the infamous time where David Tepper was talking about, I'm not a doctor, you're not a doctor. It was a teacher's <laughs> little giveaway charity event. Right. And guess who was representing the players?
3: Taylor Moten, oh, yeah. he's he's a franchise piece now. Oh, yeah. No, that I, that's a guy you want to keep around, at least from where I sit. And I, I thought it was pretty clear in that conversation with Marty a couple of months ago that they wanted to as well. I wouldn't be shocked if something comes out you know, this week or the next couple of weeks where, where an extension gets done. I'm just surprised it hasn't already been done by now. Now, I, I do understand the pandemic has thrown some wrenches into everything. And I have no doubt that it might have changed the conversation, pushed back a conversation or a meeting or, or altered it or affected it in some way. But so long as you don't find yourself in a position where you flat out can't afford the guy, you need to go ahead and get him locked up. He's a good football player. Pretty versatile. You want to keep him out there at the right tackle spot, but you know he can help you out in other places if you need him to. So I I hope that deal gets done here pretty soon. All right, coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll catch you up on the Rewind. We've had a great, great show. A lot of good conversations today, including a conversation about green jerseys on quarterbacks. I I continue to be... (laughs) Just missed the f- It goes back to the Matt Rule conversation. You know, people that want to nitpick. I had somebody uh, text in a little while ago or a couple of minutes ago to say the only people that have a problem with Matt Rule or don't like Matt Rule are the Cam Jock Riders. Till this day, they are still butt hurt. This team is called the Carolina Panthers, not the Carolina Cam Newtons. Move on, accept change. Well, it is difficult for some people, and I understand why some diehard fans of Cam Newton didn't like the way it went down and miss him dearly. I get all that. But you shouldn't hold that against Matt Rule or Teddy Bridgewater who seems to be clearly a great dude, great locker room guy, and a more than adequate quarterback for Joe Brady's system, at least for now. He said a great deal, by the way. had a great quote from Teddy that came out a little while ago. When he was asked about the Panthers' backup quarterback battle between P.J. Walker and, and Will Greer, Teddy Bridgewater was talking about the Panthers' backup quarterbacks, and he said uh, he wasn't ready last year against the Rams when Drew Brees got hurt. Teddy said, quote, I was embarrassed. I had to hear it from my family, fans, and everyone. I was embarrassed because of the awful football I put out, end quote. People do forget that, that Teddy was 5-0 and as a starter last year, but that when Drew Brees went down against the Rams, Teddy stepped in and looked terrible. I mean, he did not play well against the Rams because he will admit he, he, didn't, he hadn't prepared like the starter. I mean, he's playing behind Drew Brees. I mean, you hear prepare like the starter all the time, but the truth is you're not expecting to go out there. Even though, again, you know the mindset's supposed to be smoke. Prepare like a starter. You know, you're one snap away. Well, even Teddy's saying, you know what, I I messed that up, and I'm trying to pass that message along to PJ and to Will Greer. I I got called into action last year against the Rams, and I wasn't ready, and I embarrassed myself. So take a lesson from me. If I go down, don't be that guy. Don't embarrass yourself.
4: By the way, you could easily tell he was not ready for that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was unfortunate. But, I mean, yeah, like, Will Greer, it just, when he started last year in those last two games, he just looked completely lost the wheels have already fallen off of the season, and it was just a microcosm of what the organization felt like at that time. So I think it was unfortunate for him, and now he gets a second chance of a- uh, coaching staff that I think really likes him from his time at West Virginia.
3: No doubt. Uh, we had uh, Steven write in a couple of minutes ago to say, now that rule is getting into actual weekly press conferences, I've been struck by how casual and genuine he feels in a conversational tone, hearing him when he's just talking, you can tell what made people like him at his previous stops. Steven, I appreciate the input there. I agree. It is striking. You can always tell, you know, you, you get a pretty good indication of what kind of guy you're dealing with, be it football, business, radio, just personal life based on what, what kind of references you get from other individuals, you know, and what people are willing to go out on a limb and say about you, and the fact that this many people have been, been willing to come out and, and put it out there for the world to see that they think Matt Rule is going to be a slam-dunk success, Sal Palantonio saying he's going to win a Super Bowl in Carolina. I mean, all the people that we've talked to that cannot stop gushing about Matt Rule, and there's still this angry, bitter faction of a fan base that wants to pin every single thing he says to the board as proof that he's What? a malcontent, a liar, a bad li- I don't know. Because his, ba- his his resume and the people who speak on his behalf will tell you the opposite. All right, we'll come back. We'll catch you up on The Rewind. We'll talk to Wilson and Parcel. we got a lot to get to with those boys. They're coming up at 2 o'clock. Keep hitting us up. Asa Obloy phone lines, building center text line, 704-570-9610. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Kyle Bailey Club. It's at Kyle Bailey, C-L-U-B. And as we go to break, don't forget, if you need a date night movie tonight, the peanut butter falcon shia labeouf dakota johnson hell of a flick Set in the outer banks shot in the outer banks but not nearly as bad as the show outer banks this movie's fantastic the peanut butter falcon all right we'll come back we'll hit you with the rewind you're in the clubhouse on sports radio fnc
0: Radio FNZ. Listen anywhere, anytime. Download the radio.com app today. It's Wilson and Parcel. This is Sports Radio FNZ.
3: One final time here in the clubhouse on a Monday afternoon. Wilson and Parcell coming your way in about 22 minutes. Wilson and or Parcell should show up here in studio in the next couple of minutes. Uh, We got all all sorts of news happening right now. The CFL, the CFL, the Canadian football league, just canceled its season minutes ago. That coming out of uh, Sportsnet in Toronto but not really shocking because we already know that uh, the Toronto Blue Jays were looking for another home uh, outside of Canada because they wouldn't let the Blue Jays play in Toronto. Canada, of course, taking a very stringent approach to the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, it was Myron, I think, a couple of minutes ago who sent me this and said, interesting. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts or something along those lines. Not surprised, Smoke, that the CFL is closing up shop based on what we've seen with the, uh, the Blue Jays again and I mean, I, I mean this with all due respect to the guys that play in that league. I don't think that anybody here in America is, I shouldn't say they're not going to notice it because that sounds bad, but I, I'm not going to notice it. I mean, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad there's a place for players to go play professionally outside the NFL, and CFL certainly has a nice history, but I i don't know anybody who watches the CFL personally.
4: I mean, last time I remember really watching the CFLs when I was flipping the channels one night about two years ago, and then I see Shania Twain uh, <laughs> riding in with a bunch uh, on the bobsled for a halftime performance <laughs> in the Grey Cup. I'm like, what the heck is this? I was like, huh, this is pretty cool. But, I mean, Canada has their priorities straight. They know which sport really matters, and that's why they have a bubble for hockey in Canada. 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 I'm messing that's up good stuff right boiling. there. Uh, Canada. Uh, Toronto and Edmonton. Not, I don't know. I'm just going to give up now.
3: No, you should. I, I would recommend that, actually. Um, real quick on the Hurricanes, by the way. We haven't touched on them as much today, but game four tonight, Canes and Bruins. I, I watched. Did you catch much of that game on Saturday? Because I, I did. Tuka Rask, the, uh, the Bruins goaltender who opted out of the season. Uh, on I think, I think it was Friday that Tuka Rask made the, it. was it early Saturday morning. Was it the same day of the game? Yeah, two hours before the game. That's day. right. It was two hours before the game. Tuka Rask, Bruins uh, goalkeeper, goaltender, saying that he was opting out because... Well, the, the the safety reasons, but also it didn't feel... That part was interesting that he said it didn't feel like playoff hockey because they're playing in an empty arena Then there's nobody watching there on the ice. It just didn't feel like playoff hockey to him. So Tuka Rask opts out of the NHL playoffs, but then the Canes can only muster a single goal and, and drop game three and fall behind two games to one.
4: Yeah, and that was a fluky goal as well. That yes, they, it was. That, that they got with about six minutes left. And first period, they actually looked good. And then second and third period, Boston just completely wiped them out. And then, you know... The really hurt things is Andre Svechnikov got hurt and he looks to be doubtful for the rest of the series. Hopefully he'll be all right long term. It's it sucks to see that, especially for a guy who's so, so young, not even twenty one.
3: Yeah. So that I mean that happened on Saturday, game four tonight, eight o'clock. And uh, I believe John Forsland back on the call. Uh one of those uh, deals where you can catch the national broadcast with Forsland or watch Mike Maniscalco and Trip Tracy on the Fox Sports Southeast broadcast. I mean I, I love Forsland but you know, I'll probably ch- tune in and watch uh <laughs> I'll probably tune in and watch Mike Ma- or Mike Maniscalco and Trip Tracy for this one. So we got game 4 tonight and then come on Stanford Peace hitting me up and saying I'm a huge Toronto Argonauts fan. Don't be disrespectful, guys. And then ha, ha 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 Buddy, quit it. (laughs) Quit it. You don't watch the CFL.
4: Actually, to be fair, uh, I do know that at least at one point, the GM of the Toronto Argonauts from Mooresville. Oh, really? Yeah. Say say that one more time. The GM at one point, I don't know if he's still the GM, is of the Toronto Argonauts is from Mooresville. How about that? I was not aware of that. Yeah, and plus, I mean, app fans are We're probably watching it to see Armani Edwards.
3: Well, okay, fine. And then somebody texted in to say, damn, KB, you're ruthless. Why? Was I too mean to the CFL? All I'm saying is I don't know anybody who watches the CFL. It's the Canadian Football League. I hate that they canceled their season, but I don't know anybody who's going to miss it. And I don't mean that as a shot. I mean, literally, I don't know anybody who's going to miss it because you can't miss something that you don't watch. Guys, you should know by
4: now, but if if it's not played in the fall, Kyle is going to be very ruthless to your football league, Yes, which is going to be interesting now to see that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are
3: playing in the spring. No, they're not. They're not going to play. It's a lie. It's not going to happen. And Smoke's right. He's absolutely right. If it's not being played in the fall in the NFL or big time college football, I am going to be ruthless to your football league because I don't want to watch football outside the fall and winter. Spring is for the NCAA tournament and the Masters and baseball and the Daytona 500. That's what the spring is for, not football. All right, we got to catch you up on what you've missed. It's time for the Rewind. And we go back to our number one, Josh Sims, Fox 46, sports anchor, reporter. He's been all over Panthers training camp these last couple of days. And Josh Sims continued the hype train for Jeremy Chin.
2: I mean, Jeremy Chin, I mean, that dude just looks like an athlete when you look at him. He's big, you know, I sound like we He's big, he's strong, he's physical, you know, all the same things he says in every one of his uh, soundbites for the past couple of years. But, you know, he looks the part out there. Now it's a matter of him, of course, you know, understanding the pro game and learning so that's important I, you know I think it. he could be a very important piece to of this offense because we talked to him or to the defense because we talked to him last week and he said basically he's been everywhere he's been in the box he's been outside the box you know he's He's been doing safety and, and nickel packages and dime, and just a little bit of everything to the point where he just calls himself a defensive athlete, you know, not necessarily a defensive, you know, a safety or what have you. So I, I think it seems like he's going to be a very important piece and someone that they're going to rely upon.
3: Jeremy Chin, I think it's safe to say, has impressed so far at, at training camp. Now, Uh, What that means, we'll find out. But I think there's a ton of reason to be excited for this young man. He's got the same bloodline as Steve Atwater. He's versatile. He can play some safety. He can play some corner. He can play outside linebacker in that Buffalo nickel type of role, which I think is where they may end up using him the most. But Jeremy Chin is one of those rookies that so many Panthers fans are really, really high on and excited to see in 2020. As a matter of fact, I would go even further and say he's what is going to bring Panthers fans to the television and keep them there this fall. Not just him. But these rookies, you know, seeing if there's a progression, seeing what they got in this all defense draft, right? Can they start to develop? How many licks will they take this year? Will the defense get torched? Will they show improvement throughout the season? Jeremy Chen, Derek Brown, Ita Gross Matos, right? Bravion Roy, uh, all these defenders, that's what you're watching. You want to see if this offense can score points and can this defense show flashes of at least being as talented as a lot of people hope that they are. Later in the show, Chip Carey, the venerable voice of the Atlanta Braves on Atlanta's pitching staff beyond Max Reed uh, and all these guys pitching with growing pains right now.
1: I know Rick Kranitz is working hard with these kids. Uh, Kyle Wright hasn't thrown a lot of innings in the minor leagues. Tukey Toussaint hasn't either. Uh, they're having to learn on the job under a very, very bright microscope and big expectations for this Braves team, which many thought uh, and many still think has a great chance to get the World Series. But they're growing up, and they're going to keep running them out there because that's the right course of action. And uh, we we think that they're really talented kids with big brains that will figure this stuff out, much like Max Free did. At least that's the hope.
3: Well, the Braves took two of three from the Marlins over the weekend. The the bummer of the news from over the weekend was that Ronald Acuna Jr. will not be coming off the DL tonight in the series opener against the Washington Nationals. He stays on the DL probably until later this week. So both Acuna and Ozzy Albies are on the mend. We know what's happening with that uh, that staff right now beyond Max Freed. It ain't pretty. Uh, but that was a bullpen win yesterday for the Braves. Can't do that every time out, but it's nice to know you can rely upon those guys when called upon. Now it, com- it becomes about... Do they make an acquisition? Does Kyle Wright, Tukey Toussaint step up and continue to develop? And in the absence of those guys, I mean, old man Nick Marcakis with a huge day yesterday. And now with this national series starting tonight, the big thing thing for the Braves, they don't have to face any of the big three. Not one of them. They don't have to face Scherzer, Strasburg, or Patrick Corbin in this three-game series coming up. So a big opportunity for the Braves, who are now atop the NL East. Finally, Will Healy, head football coach Charlotte 49ers, said he's excited to play local teams this fall, like App State and UNC. And it's
1: actually been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, a, a lot of credit to our administration, Chris Thomason if Mike kill, but uh, for for having good enough connections with guys in our state that we can call North Carolina, we can make it happen with Duke, and we can get an App State on the schedule. So, um, it's it's been fun for me. Uh, obviously, I've got a great, great relationship with Sean Clark, and uh, David Cutcliffe's been a mentor of mine for a long time and, and Mac Brown is, is my go-to so, um, you know, administration's talking coaches talking and, and uh, I, I think anytime we can play teams in-state it does a lot for our fan base uh, I think it shows off the quality of athletes that are in the state of North Carolina and uh, you should get some some regional and national attention especially when you're talking about opening up with App who I would argue is Definitely a top twenty-five team, uh, and then a top twenty team in in North Carolina. That's a uh, we got uh, an, an NFC schedule. I don't think there's any doubt about it.
3: <laughs> yep, it's brutal, but it's going to be fun if they play. <laughs> if they play, but Charlotte App Boy, we talked about it last week. That ought to be an annual rivalry game. And I know App State fans, they're not on your level yet, and they might not be for a while, but they're coming. And it's it, that is the essence of college football. Uh, those those geographic proximity games, the close games of programs like app and Charlotte do it every single year. That's the rewind to look back into the show brought to you by the radio dot com app. Download the radio dot com app. Take WFNZ with you in your pocket everywhere you go and use the rewind feature. It's like DVR for radio. Any segment, any show for a 24 hour period. Download the radio dot com app today. Wilson and Parcell coming up in 12 minutes. We got Josh Parcell in studio with us. As he's, uh, why does your laptop say yoga, by the way? What is that a, uh, is that a, tech- <laughs> why is that? It's a brand. I uh-huh. promise it's oh, no, not some
0: wondering. weird. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Sure. It's, uh, uh-huh. yeah. I never even noticed that. Really? It's a, <laughs> Yeah. It's a brand. It's not, like, people are going to think I have some, I'm one of those college kids, you know, in college when everybody used to put all the bumper stickers all over their laptop. They Cause that do. was the cool thing to do. They, they still, still do yeah, that. They still do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is not one of those. It's just, it's, it's, it's ingrained. I can't take it off.
3: Cool. Right? So, uh, what's coming up this afternoon?
0: Uh, we're going to start. I mean, obviously with Panthers, uh, putting the pads on today, we're going to talk a lot about some expectations for Carolina. Everybody's freaking out. Okay. So I've heard you talk about the green Jersey thing. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out about, you know, McCaffrey and lining up in the slot and putting some moves on a linebacker who's probably going to be on the practice squad, which is pretty cool. Uh, so we'll use that as an opportunity to talk about, you know, what Christian McCaffrey can do differently in this offense. we got plenty to get into. Um, so I was pretty much off of social media this weekend. I uh, didn't really spend a lot of time on it. Good for you. Was the green jersey thing actually a. Uh I mean, like a, a
3: debate? I'm, I'm being not, yes 100% no. honest. Yes and no. And here and here's why. Okay. Because it's not as. I, I would. I, there's no way I'm shoving the sane faction of Panthers fans into yeah. this, but there were enough people responding to tweets from uh, Bill Voth and Joe Person criticizing Matt Rule's decision to put quarterbacks what? in the grid. I kid you not. Some guy made it political because you can make anything political these days. Right, right, said right. Said right. it must be that Matt Rule hates Republicans and is a Democrat because well, he, he didn't been want blue his quarterback in the green. Well, the Panthers have blue in their uniforms. Yes. So that'd be conflicting. Well, right. But he didn't want that. I mean, this. if he's committed to the a bit you know No, he, he must be a little seriously oh yeah who cares i had people debating the merits of green versus red versus yellow and oh, you know it, this is I where s- we are
0: i saw i saw where mac and t-bone had had gotten into it and it's like this is just the, the look i love this job i love that we get paid to talk about sports for a living it is the best But when we have to start debating w- which color the quarterback should wear in practice i'm out like I'm, I'm, I can't do this anymore. That is, that is painful. That people actually take this that seriously. That. They're offended by the the color of the jersey the quarterback is wearing in practice.
3: That or you just leverage it into a a political talking point or something Uh, to get angry
0: about. I'm impressed by the mental gymnastics that some people are able to do.
3: I've never seen some people, and I want to emphasize some people, hate on a man for no reason as
0: much as they do Matt Rule right now. It's it's unbelievable to me. Everybody who's ever met the guy can't say enough nice things about him, but you got a hundred schmucks on Twitter who want to bag on him. He's a liar! Oh, my God. Liar!
3: Oh, I'm, just, I'm so over it. Oh, I'm man. so over it. Have a good show, bud. Thanks. We got to go. Let's tip our caps. And we tip our caps courtesy of Twin Peaks. Sports are back and so is Twin Peaks. Get your tail to Twin Peaks. Right meow. Smoke, what you got? Tip my cap to Kaz
4: Grala. Was on 24 hours notice to replace Austin Dillon, who had COVID-19. Never even practiced the Daytona road course. Finished seventh. Tip it to cap to Kaz Grala.
3: I'll tip my cap to Washington quarterback Alex Smith, who was cleared to play football again. At one point, they thought they might have to amputate his leg, but instead, he's back on a football field and may very well be in the mix for the Washington quarterback job. That might be a little bit too much too soon, but either way, he went from nearly losing his leg to playing football again. So tip of the cap to Alex Smith, a hell of a story. We're back tomorrow. Wilson and Parcel coming up next for Evan and Smoke Ludwig. Try that again. Evan, Smoke Ludwig. I'm Kyle Bailey. This has been the Clubhouse on Sports Radio FNZ.
4: Shake and bake! What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just
1: happened!